friends, grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a long-time member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to worship with all of you this day. Friends, as we continue in this season of expectancy, preparation, and longing, yearning for God's nearness, let us begin by worshiping God together. Let us worship God together. But what does love look like, I asked. God said, I love you when I open the shutters to let the light in. And I love you when I wander through the hallways of your mind, whistling love songs to keep nightmares at bay. And I love you when I kneel in your garden and pull the weeds that try to strangle you so that you can grow nothing but wildflowers for days. And I love you when I brush the dust off your piano keys and stairwells so that you can once again open up your heart to one another and maybe even invite them in to dance. I whispered to God, I don't think I'm very good at that. Then God said, it's okay. Sometimes your heart is full of dust and your home is full of hatred. And the garden soil is so rocky that not a single bit of new life can grow. But I love you anyhow, and I will never leave you. So when you aren't sure, listen for my lullaby. Look for the wildflowers. I am there. I am always in the hallways of your heart. That is love. I just can't leave you alone. Let us pray. Loving God, we open ourselves to you this Christmas season. As these candles are lit, light our lives with your imagination. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that is knit into our being. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Magnify your love within us. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen. Please join us singing one verse of He Came Down as it's printed in your bulletin. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. Hallelujah forevermore. Please join me in the call to worship as it is printed in your worship bulletin. We will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. 
With our mouths, we proclaim God's faithfulness to all generations. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. We declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Happy are those who walk in the light of your countenance, for you are the glory of our strength. Let us worship God together. In worshiping God together, we also confess our sins together. Let us confess our sins to the one whose mercy endures from generation to generation. Let us confess our sin together using the prayer of confession printed in your bulletin. Eternal God, in whom we live and have our being, your face is hidden from us by our sins and we forget your mercy by the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires. With reverent and humble hearts, we draw near to you. We confess our faults and confide in your grace. We find in you our refuge and strength and our hope and love in Jesus Christ. Friends, we know that through the word of our Lord, our God is faithful, merciful, and abounding in steadfast love. So let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. morning, young friends and those young at heart. It's a delight to be with you again today. If you are paying attention, you notice that we lit our fourth candle in our Advent wreath today, the candle of love. And at the beginning of the liturgy in that Advent wreath lighting, we asked, but what does love look like? And I imagine that you could sit and think a little bit about what love has looked like to you. But I want to share with you two ways that I have known and seen God's love in our church family today. One is this list. And those of you who are following along with a church bulletin at home, or you could look it up on your computer later, in your bulletin today is a list of our Christmas memorials. 
Gifts that have been given in memory of someone, in honor of someone, in celebration of someone. There's a whole list. And the second is this great new Christmas tree in our sanctuary. And it would be easy to say, just glance over it and say, wow, what a great list. What a great tree. It'd be easy to just take a look and then move on. But I want to let you in on a little secret. This is so much more than a list. And this is so much more than a tree. Because wrapped up in this list, wrapped up in this list are countless examples of God's love. Countless stories people could tell you about the love they have known in a parent or a friend or their church family or their children. People through whom they have known the love of God. God's love is wrapped up in this list, and it's not just a list. And in the same way, this tree, uh, you may not be able to tell from where you are, but I can see up close, this tree is wrapped in our gratitude ribbons. The ones that, were sent, that came in your advent bags, perhaps you sent yours back, and if you didn't, that's okay. We would just encourage you to write down what you're grateful for at home and tie it somewhere where you can see it. But wrapped around this tree are ribbons filled with gratitude, filled with reminders of God's love and the ways that even in the midst of this strange year, even in this strange season, we have so much to be grateful for. There are so many ways we have known and still continue to know the love of God. Wrapped up in a list, wrapped around a tree, friends, we bear witness to the gift of God's love. It is all around us. Which is why this is more than a list, and it's more than a tree. They are reminders of God's steadfast love. Reminders of the ways in simple situations, among simple things, among people who we hold dear, we have known the beauty and the gift of God's love. And today, we especially celebrate that gift and remember it as we journey even closer to the manger. So let us give thanks to God for the gift of God's love let us offer prayer together. You may repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you for your love. Help us to see your love and to share your love with all the world. Amen. Let us pray once more. Astonishing God, send your Holy Spirit upon us as we await the coming of your Son. Fill us with good things that we may conceive your reign on earth and glorify you according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4, 14 through 15, 
and 49 through 52. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Salah. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, O Lord, how your servant is taunted, how I bear in my bosom the insults of the peoples with which your enemies taunt, O Lord, which which they taunted the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I think of Psalm 89, I think of the doctors. Specifically, I think of a heart monitor at the doctors. The first time I ever saw a heart monitor, it was a mystery to me. I thought to myself, what is this screen plopped precariously on a pole with beeps and lines that go up and down seemingly at random? But as I learned more about heart monitors, I began to understand there was a rhyme and a reason for this medical tool. The beeps and lines were not as arbitrary as I initially thought, but were communicating the feelings of the human it was connected to. The heart monitor was taking the temperature of the heart, you could say. It was giving an accurate interpretation of the situation at hand. Psalm 89 is kind of like a heart monitor. When I first interacted with this psalm, I was bewildered. It encompasses some of the highest praise of eternal ecstasy and the lowest feelings of human anguish. The lines on its monitor soar upwards to the heavens and come crashing down on earth. Its range of passion can be hard to comprehend and hold together all at the same time. And for that reason, I believe it is uniquely suited for us in our Advent week four, the final days of longing before the light breaks in. I think the complexity of this scripture is best understood through its genre. Within these words, we do not find a clear narrative like Christ's birth scene or one of Paul's straightforward letters. Instead, we get a text full of genres within one psalm. 
we begin with a hymn of high praise. The psalmist is singing. The psalmist is declaring. And the thing that the psalmist is singing and declaring about is love. God's love. The truth of God's steadfast love that lasts forever and that is faithful. Psalm 89 begins like a young lover professing their affection from the rooftops without a care, of in, without a care in the world for all to hear. But by the end of Psalm 89, the hymn has long ended and we have plunged into the territory of lament. The psalmist cannot locate this steadfast love anymore. Instead, by verse 49, we reach a desperate question. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? The pendulum has swung. The monitor has crashed from its highest peak to its lowest valley. The same psalmist who sings and declares the steadfast love of the Lord feels that it has been stolen from them because the nation of Judah is failing. The king is gone. The people are in exile. Jerusalem is being plundered. And the love of the Lord is seemingly lost. And with this drastic change in mood, we are left with the question, Lord, where is your steadfast love of old? If the psalmist came to my childhood home and asked that question, I know exactly what my family would say. Dear St. Anthony, please look around. Something is lost and cannot be found. Being raised Catholic, I would hear this phrase a lot. The Roman Catholic Church recognizes certain exemplary people in history as saints and designates them to certain areas of specialty. For instance, a fan favorite growing up was St. Sebastian, who is known as the patron saint of sports. Or there is St. Monica, who is known as the patron saint of mothers. Well, for some reason, St. Anthony is known as the patron saint of lost things, and therefore is your most important friend when the keys are missing. When a cousin lost a toy, dear St. Anthony, please look around, my toy is lost and cannot be found. When my uncles couldn't change the channel on the TV, dear St. Anthony, please look around, the remote is lost and cannot be found. When a parent was not willing to ask for directions, dear St. Anthony, please look around, we are lost and cannot be found. And when in Psalm 89, the psalmist cannot find God's love anymore, dear St. Anthony, Please look around. Love is lost and cannot be found. At its basic level, the St. Anthony prayer is a plea for help. A recognition that something was right here, now it is gone, and God, if you are there, can you please make it reappear again? And if Anthony or the psalmist or God showed up, I wonder what you would ask for. 
I have a feeling you would put up a good fight. Show a good face. Maybe give a reassuring, I'm good. How are you, St. Anthony? Or how are you, God? Or how are you, psalmist? But we are Advent people. We have spent four weeks waiting for Christmas. We have talked a lot about waiting. We have read about waiting. We have sung about waiting. We have thought about waiting. We have thought about what is no longer here, what is lost, what we long for. And like the psalmist, there is a kernel of longing within each of us, ready to burst out in the reverberations of a song. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old? God, I long for this, this Christmas. Like the psalmist who longs for something more, what gives us courage to acknowledge that longing is our faith. Like a monitor that gives an acute description of the heart, Psalm 89 does not skirt the peaks and valleys of life, but acknowledges them and is willing to say them out loud, which is an act of faith and of itself. In other words, what gives the psalmist courage to lament is the belief that God's love is real, whether the psalmist can see it or not. It is the recognition that the hymn is continuing to be sung, even when we do not have the strength to sing it ourselves. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. The beginning verses of Psalm 89 are the Hebrew equivalent of Shakespearean poetry, except unlike the writings of Romeo to Juliet, which show their beauty through rhyming, Hebrew poetry displays its masterpiece by repetition. Your steadfast love forever. Your steadfast love forever your faithfulness, your faithfulness. And with each repetition, this amalgamation of consonants and vowels becomes an ear loop in our brains. Your steadfast love forever, your steadfast love forever, your faithfulness, your faithfulness. These words and their repetition begin to build and build and build until we actually begin to believe them. And they cannot be contained to the confines of their page, but start to sing to their cousins in chapters of other scriptures. Your steadfast love endures forever. Your steadfast love endures forever. Love is patient. Love is kind. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Eventually, we find ourselves surrounded by these words, repeating, 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 and repeating until the repeating and its words are etched into the bedrock of our souls 
And even the end of Psalm 89 cannot deter us from acknowledging the core of God's character. Even if the psalmist cannot see it themselves. Love. Faithfulness. Never-ending love. These are the words that describe the bedrock of our Creator. And this love is so strong, so big, so faithful. It can include both the longing of the psalmist and the hymn of praise. Psalm 89 is a bewildering piece of Scripture. It consists of heaven-piercing praise and sincere human longing. It manages the peaks and valleys of the heart. But that is its beauty. All in one place, in divinely inspired Scripture, it acknowledges the complexity of human experience and gives thanks to God that God is big enough for us. For God's love creates room for longing and for love. God's love can handle it all. I think a Hebrew poet would appreciate the repetition of our Christmas Eve rituals. How the same stories and the same candles and the same hymns surround us every Christmas Eve. And while there will be a moment, or numerous moments, on December 24th this year, when everything will feel different, when there will be loss, when there will be longing, one thing will absolutely be true. A baby will be born. We will be reminded of the epitome of God's love. That God so loved the world, God came here to experience humanity, to walk alongside us, that God is with us in the story of Jesus Christ. And amidst loss and longing, there will also be hope and light. And that's okay. Because Psalm 89 reminds us that God's love can handle it all. God's love is big enough, faithful enough, firm enough, never-ending enough to include space for longing and love at the same time. And for that, blessed be the Lord forever. Let it be so. Amen. Beloved Church, I invite you to turn to your home worship bulletin and join us as we affirm our faith through the words from Father Daniel Berrigan. Let us respond and state what we believe. It is not true that creation and the human family are doomed to destruction and loss. This is true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, 
but have everlasting life. It is not true that we must accept inhumanity and discrimination, hunger and poverty, death and destruction. This is true. I have come that they may have life and that abundantly. It is not true that violence and hatred should have the last word and that war and destruction rule forever. This is true. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting, the Prince of Peace. It is not true that we are simply victims of the powers of evil who seek to rule the world. This is true. To me is given authority in heaven and on earth, and lo, I am with you even until the end of the world. It is not true that we have to wait for those who are specially gifted, who are the prophets of the church, before we can be peacemakers. This is true. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall have dreams. It is not true that our hopes for liberation of humankind, of justice, of human dignity, of peace, are not meant for this earth and for this history. This is true. The hour comes, and it is now, that the true worshipers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. So let us enter Advent in hope, even hope against hope. Let us see visions of love and peace and justice. Let us affirm with humility, with joy, with faith, with courage. Jesus Christ the life of the world. Amen. Friends, in the next few minutes, let us sit in God's presence, reminded of God's steadfast love. As the hymn is played, may the words pour over your mind and your spirit and your heart, reminding you this day that God is near, that God is with you in every peak and every valley. And God's steadfast love is forever.
Let us pray. God of majesty and power, who spoke and this world was, who breathed and this world lived, who counts the hairs upon our heads, who sees our thoughts and reads our hearts, who loves us more than we deserve. We praise you, God of steadfast love, with the breaking of each new morning, we praise your name. Ever living, always acting, God, as the days grow shorter and the darkness deepens, we stand before you uncertain of how to prepare for the coming of Christ. How do we make ready for the Savior of the world to come to earth? No matter how hard we pray or how much we study, despite our earnest confessions and our desire to repent, we recognize our unworthiness to be in your presence, and yet you make a way for us. You relentlessly pursue us with your goodness and mercy. You set the table of grace in the presence of our enemies. You invite us to put down our burdens and to come to your banquet. You are mindful of us even when we neglect you and one another. Such mercy is too wonderful for us. And so merciful one, to you we bring our lives. Troubled, broken, or at ease, we bring you our realities full of peaks and valleys, full of alreadies and not yets. We give thanks for a COVID vaccine, for an initial relief for the healthcare workers, yet we wait for a day when we're not familiar with the news reporting surge capacities and when we get to see the smile of a dear friend in person. We pray for the world that our warring ways may be overturned even now through the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ, for nothing is impossible with you. We pray for the mission of the church, that we may continue to proclaim the good news of the age as we rejoice in the coming gift of our Savior. We pray for creation that we may safeguard its well-being from generation to generation to your honor and glory. We pray for those who suffer, that we may feed the hungry and lift up the lowly through the power of your holy, life-giving spirit. And we pray for ourselves, O oh God, for our families and loved ones, near and far, together and apart, reconciled and divided, well and in search of healing. We seek your presence in a Christmas season unlike any we have experienced. We seek your comfort in the change and the chaos. Help us to dwell in your love. Remind us daily, hourly, with every breath that we breathe, that nothing, not even death, can separate us from your steadfast love. May it inspire us to live in and with your hope, 
peace, joy, and love now until forevermore. Keep us faithful in your service until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we live in a world where there is longing and where there is love. And that is okay, because God's love is big enough, faithful enough, firm enough, never-ending enough to hold it all together. Let us remember that this week and in weeks to come. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen.